Hi, I'm Vince Irushi. And I'm Stephen A. And this is the Assign It To Me podcast. This show is a weekly discussion about our application, Assign It To Me, which is a web-based project management tool for professional services companies that are looking for an easier and effective way to manage their projects. We discuss topics like project management, analytics, and any interesting and noteworthy news and technology. You can catch our show notes for these podcasts at blog.assignittome.com. So you know I have to do this. How about that crack-smoking mayor of Toronto? <laughs> You're obsessed with this guy. No. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, well, he's getting help. At least he's getting help now. So they say. Good. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully uh, he straightens out. Or maybe he just went to Chicago for a new supplier. <laughs> he won't videotape him. <laughs> That's right. And he was supposed to uh, come to our grand opening of the clubhouse, but... Somebody said there was no booze there, so that's why he didn't show up. <laughs> you know what's funny is that... <laughs> or he was passing Jane and Finch and he made a right turn somewhere. You know what's funny is that uh, even in this day and age, people say the word tape. tape whether it's right. audio tape or videotape. Does that exist anymore? It still exists. It's just not common. There's a whole I mean, generation... That's analog, right? So There's a whole generation of, of kids. Well, no, um, tape can be digital, too. Yeah. Um, but there's this whole generation of kids who've never even heard of tape, um, records. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't even know what a. <laughs> they don't remember how, using a pen to, to to dial a phone number on a rotary dial. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Or a pencil to to rewind the cassette know, tape. Shows how old we are, right? Well, um, <clears throat> I, I. How about them Raptors? <laughs> yeah. They almost did it. They, yes. they tried to come the back. Toronto but... Raptors. So what are we talking about today? Uh, I don't know. We're I should pop about... that up onto my screen. I'm sort of out of it today, and I've had a lot of caffeine even. <laughs> we're going to talk about, um, you know what? I, I'm going to start off. We're going to talk about some articles, Microsoft Surface, something about um, not using email after work hours. Uh, there's this TED, TED Talk that I saw, which was very interesting, and I wanted to talk to you about that. I guess we'll talk about our app, too, and our picks of the week. But uh, I saw this article, um, I actually saw it today. And uh, what this, this person did is almost like a benchmarking. So they took um, approximately 6 billion records. Wow, there's a lot of aggregation uh, yes. statements in this yeah. query. So it's based, on, it's based on 6 billion records. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, we're going to run a query against the 6 billion records. And it's, it's a simple... It's a simple SQL statement, but it's it's got some filtering, it's got some grouping, and they ran it against four what they would call monster type systems. Yep. So the first one's Fujitsu, um, two terabytes of memory. Oh, it's a Spark. Yeah, which is different from the. Oh, okay, so you've got the Spark M10 and the IBM Power Seven, which are RISC processors, and then you've got two Xeons, which are CISC. Processors. I don't know the difference. So RISC is a reduced instruction set. Yeah. Um, and they were in the 90s, they were considered the future of processors, but they really haven't um, taken over the consumer market and the uh, low end business market. Right. Right. But um, anyway. So those, go on. they got go all on. four of them. So they got the Fujitsu, they have the HP system, they got the Cisco. Um, the Fujitsu is running on the Oracle. 11G R2 database. Um, the Hewlett Packard is on uh, MS SQL Server 2008. 
The Cisco is on the SQL Server 2008, and they have the IBM on the Sybase. So they're not even really apples and apples. Not really, but you know, just kind of comparing different systems. And so the first one, Fujitsu took 96 seconds to return this query. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the HP took uh, six billion seconds. records, 800 gigabyte data set. That's okay. pretty fast, really. Right? That's a huge data set. Yeah. That's very fast for that size yep. of a data set. Actually. 47 seconds on the HP, the Cisco made server was 97, and the IBM server is 118 seconds. Now, then he talks about the costs of each of these systems if you wanted to buy them. The Fujitsu is 5 million. Mm-hmm. The HP is 408,000. The Cisco 174,000. And the IBM's uh, 1.1 million um, in costs. Yeah. Then he goes down and he says, well, we made my own little PC with a Pentium G620 CPU, 16 gigabytes of memory, and um, he's got an SSD um, hard drive. Uh, and not a very good one either. Vertex no. 3s are... Eh. And he ran it in... And they ran it oh, on... Oh, but he's got an NVIDIA GTX Titan. That is a very powerful workstation graphics card right. that can be used for computation right. purposes. So he ran that and he ran his that same SQL, uh, SQL statement in 77 seconds. What's Alenka? I've never heard... That's a, that, oh, yeah, oh, that's, it's that's a GPU-optimized database. database. Right. Okay. So he's using... Um, it's, it's an open source... Yeah, Alenka, which is a GPU data, I guess it, and he and he ran it in seventy-seven seconds, and his price was one thousand seven hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. he, he probably good value there. Right? Well, it's 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 very misleading test because if he did not have that GTX Titan, yeah, uh, it would be a few orders of magnitude slower, right? Because the thing with the GPU, graphic processing units, like these are the cards that are used to make those games look so real in 3D on your Xbox and PlayStation, is that that's a, they do certain types of math better than most traditional processors. So better than the, because that Pentium CPU he has, I think that's like a crappy one. The G six twenty, I think, is not a very good one. Um, but his his message was, uh, you know, it's it's possible to compete with the big guys. Yes, it right? is. Right, uh, not just on price. So, you know, GPUs are can, and that's a bit of an inside message for us too, because of some of the products so, we've got some open source software we use, it, and right. So, I get that he he got cool results, but there are a couple of red flags that pop out to me. First of all, is his database. Is not uh, one that's frequently used, so it's going to cost you more. So to you're saying that if you out. ran the same one, let's say on, um, let's say Postgres, SQL or- Server, Oracle, because I don't think any of those are optimized for, for what they call compute units, right? right? Which right. are like GPU optimized math. Um, when they do offer that, then it'll be a big deal because right. we talk about this product from Cognos called TM1, which is um, memory based for doing thing. like gigantic massive massive uh pivot tables right i don't like using the word cubes because people don't know what cubes are right um there's an open source product called Palo, which is optimized if you want to use a gpu like this uh what do they call it nvidia gtx titan uh that it would run circles around a traditional tm1 install on the same amount of data just because those graphics cards um are incredibly fast because those graphics cards are what hackers use to break cryptographic hashes for when they hack uh, 
like a big giant e-commerce site full of encrypted passwords. Those they just get a pair of those, and pro- and pro- and the the time it takes to crack a password goes from days to minutes. Right, literally. Right. So that graphics card is what really did it. You know, sometimes it scares me how much you know about that stuff like that. No, I just I know. Well, we were talking at lunch how I used to buy a lot of magazines, right? right? right. Like I read a lot of crap. <laughs> That's kind of but, some, somewhat useless information in my fees, but they yeah, come in no, handy during podcasts. No, 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 I know what you're saying. So. But the, the, my main message here is you don't need to spend a ton of money on hardware and software to get the job done sometimes. No, no. It's, and that's kind of that kind of aligns with our, our philosophy on our stack, too. It's right? horses for courses. Right, right. Because, you know, in the photography world, you think it's, a lot of people think, oh, if I'm going to be a pro, I need to spend $8,000 on the best camera. But someone who's good with a camera can use a $500 camera and produce equally good results. That's right. Yeah. Just by knowledge and yep. expertise and et cetera, et cetera. So yep. buying the fastest, most expensive thing is not always a guarantee because doesn't uh, the Tesla Roadster beat a Bugatti Veyron in the right. zero to 60? And, and that's like, like one six or more of the price. Yeah. So. Okay, so that's some good. interesting stuff in this this article. Though. Yeah, yeah, I thought probably you'd like don't that. want to spend too much time on it. No, but, I thought I um, thought you'd like it, but uh, it's interesting that the Hewlett Packard, uh, which was the best performer of the expensive computers, had 416 hard drives, um, as opposed to SS. It, I'd be curious to see how fa- how much faster it would have been if it had an array of 416 SSDs, solid state right. drives, because. Um, the best practice these days is to is that they recommend that you use a SSD right. for your database because it'll operate super what about, fast. And 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 what about the like it's two terabytes of memory? Yeah, the RAM you, that's definitely a lot helped. of memory, man. The problem yeah. is it's because it's such a apples and oranges comparison. You can't isolate what gave each server the edges in certain areas. Why, did, why in terms is the of HP faster than the? Let's say the IBM Power Yeah, it's the like IBM saying the, the, my Honda Civic has amazing tires, which lets me beat a Ferrari on ice right. from 0 to 60, right. right? Even though the Ferrari has like a better engine or whatever, right? Yeah. So there you go. Um, let's move on to some articles. So um, I got the Microsoft Surface Mini. There's an article that came out, debuts in May. That's the rumor. So they did not... So I guess Microsoft did not say if that's going to happen or not. But well, it'll be eight inches of pleasure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! Whoa, pun what are we talking about here? <laughs> t- so you're gonna get? Well, you're gonna get one for your wife? <laughs> a mini? <laughs> um, a uh, 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 Surface? We're talking about a computer here, right? <laughs> I, I heard it's going to be an ARM uh, processor, though, so not uh, oh, okay. Intel. So you won't be able to run full Windows, just uh, Windows RT. I wonder how the battery will be on that. Probably, the battery will be very good. Yeah, okay. If it comes with a stylus, I think it'll be a winner. Personally, I prefer it to run full Windows because then you can get the full version of OneNote running on it. Right. Um, there so, are better options right now if you want Windows... In eight inches with the full windows and the stylus, because there's the Dell Venue Pro Eight and Asus has one called the Vivo Note or something. Yeah, and you know what, Microsoft going this direction makes sense because their software, Windows Eight, is more for that type of unit, right? That mobile, small. I personally think they gotta stop stop it with the ARM crap and just go Intel for tablets, because okay. Intel's latest CPUs that are being used in the tablets have amazing battery life. 
They run full windows. They may not run. You, I mean, you're not going to do massive edits in Photoshop, but at least you can run Photoshop and That's do some right. simple stuff. That's which right. Which you can't yeah. on RT, right? Yeah. So it gives you the choice, which I like, but that that you know they made they made their choices a, a year or so ago and they haven't uh yep how it turns out remains to be seen okay so i'll be looking for an 8 inch um unit soon <laughs> in my, for microsoft surface well uh, it's be it be nice it's actually i think it would be a nice complement to the full size surface so, because so I like for to take example, notes on in books. So the eight inch, so this little mini, you think you could go and let's say you're doing consulting, you go to a customer, plop down in the desk and do what you have to do. You could if you carried a couple extra monitors, right? Which, which are not. I'm heavy. looking at right now. Yes. So the Asus that we we bought, which is like only a pound, which right. is lighter than my first iPad, right? Um, but you know, if you're gonna carry the screens, you may as well carry something, right? I right. would see it more as. Uh, a note-taking device. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of times uh, you go into a meeting with both a laptop and a pen and paper. Right. Right. At least with something like this, it gets synced into the Office 365 cloud right away. You have it at, You have it accessible on your computer because the computer is not the most optimal thing. But if the thing is you can't, the good, the surface ten inch surface is good for taking notes, but you can't take notes and do something else at the same time. Right, which is right. why a second device makes a lot of sense. So I can yeah. write down stuff, and then if we're talking about an app and we need to look at code and a browser screen, you can't really juggle all of that stuff on a on a single device. That's true. Yep. yep. And an eight inch device is about the right size. It's smaller than most paper books, um, and it comes with a decent stylus uh i think it'd be a nice supplement because i don't think it can't end up being too expensive because the competition out there is in the 200 dollar price range yeah yeah well um good competition for ipad i guess and all the other tablets out there so um let's move off of that let's go on to um this is an interesting one you this has been posted for some time but i wanted to get to it I thought it was an interesting uh, read. Uh, so French employers ban, ah, the French. ban Come email on. after work hour. Give me an France. order. Get me an order of freedom fries right now. <laughs> Those lazy French peoples don't want to work. <laughs> I so. didn't say that. That was Vince Arushi, not me. I did not say that at all. After hours. So they do work during business hours, obviously, but. Um, what what they're saying this could be a good thing because you know what it's I, funny I, how they put in quotes thirty five hour week work week yeah, whereas I, most North Americans would be saying what what yeah I wish uh, I I remember going to Europe and the thing I liked about Europe when I when I would travel I go there and they would for the hairstyles when no <laughs> the dresses the hairstyles the makeup um, what I did is I went there for business and. These guys would start early in the morning. They'd work until one o'clock and then they'd go home for two hours uh, and everything was shut down. Stores, businesses, everything from like noon or one o'clock till three o'clock. Then they go back to work and they'd work till like seven o'clock, six or seven, right? Uh, it's just that lifestyle type of thing. So uh, this is kind of like on the same vein. They're saying, okay, when work is done during the day, you shut off. Uh, no more emails after let's say the specific hours, right? 
so they say that for 11 consecutive hours each day and a minimum of three, 35 consecutive hours per week, they won't be checking a company email or working on projects remotely. But that's, and then it goes on to say, but that's a problem. It's going to cause problems for um, tech and consulting type firms like Google and, and Facebook that are in France, right? So uh, there are exceptions, obviously, but I don't know how it's going to work. I guess it's... Well, what, you know people it, who live... Is it a proposal or is it actually in place? I, I think it's... Uh, they agreed on it, right? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you know people who are attached to their... Work communications, right? Oh, I, I, I can start naming off right now, but some of them might not like it. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I personally, you know, like... On a weekend, we don't email each other. I don't, th- Or even after hours. When I, I email think- you stuff after hours, I don't expect you to respond until the next day. Yeah, and vice versa. And I'm right. only doing it be- so I don't forget. It's not actually because I'm, you know... So some people that are actually close to me, um, I might actually be married to, do their work... <laughs> Do the work after business hours. I said, what are you doing? Why are you, know, why are you talking you? about me? Because don't you uh, yeah. refer to me as your yeah, work wife? Second wife. Yeah, my work wife. So, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking, and someone told me once, if you, can't, if you can't do most of the work or the work you need to do within the, the time that you're supposed to do it, you're not managing your time properly or you're not delegating. Well, there's whatever, also right? busy versus productive, right? That's right. Right. Some people just need to be busy all the time. And yeah, you're right. And in this day and age, um, and I don't get it personally maybe it's my thinking is different especially with social media and text messages there's this culture of urgency it's and and you're gonna see this this especially with younger folks because they we didn't have text when we were growing up right so um you know they'll be driving and texting get a text and smash their car because they i got a text i have to look at it right 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 there's that itch that's that that's got to be scratched right away and the same applies to work stuff i don't like uh replying to <laughs> this is i don't like replying to emails after hours because it sets expectations that um yeah you've said this before a lot of times right yeah uh, same with your phone don't answer your texts yeah it sets know. expectations because right. it's like unless it's an emergency call me right right uh call me if it's an emergency but email i don't necessarily reply to until the next day after hours right. because um it creates this false sense of urgency which right. it, which creates expectations and then people start freaking out because you didn't answer answer an email over some trivial decision right. point now you know what if i've got a customer that's in four hour different time zone or something like yeah, that yeah that's different i might bend the rules right or if there's like uh, a server outage or something like that's that right. but they should be calling you for that yeah you should yeah. be getting a phone call or something more urgent. Yeah. It's like my wife laughs at me because every time I get a text message after 10 p.m. And it's usually from someone related to me who is a little older. And they don't <laughs> they don't know. They don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm and know you shouldn't like buzz someone after 10 p.m. That's right. That's right. right. That uh, was his law too, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I get these text messages that should come as emails. Because they're not urgent, so I'm not going to... Why would I want to reply to something that doesn't need a decision until the next day? Right. So don't send it to me as a text message. So, <laughs> but these people don't text message a lot, I guess. So they don't... Because I, I don't really text message someone, except for you uh, and my wife. I don't really text message stuff to shoot the crap, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking through one of my... You're mentioning that. I got one friend who just... 
he keeps saying, hey, hey, he keeps like over and over. He'll put O's and like, you know, are you going to reply? He'll put like 10 of them in a row if I don't answer right away, right? And then he gets mad at me. How come you didn't answer my, my texts or whatever? Well, because I didn't need, want to, right? So, anyway. Yeah, people have things to do. Yeah. Anyway. Well, people don't appreciate that people are busy, I find. Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, you work from home, Vince? Oh, you got lots of time to help me do this. Oh, and yeah, that sure. And I got tons of time. Yeah, I'm just watching soaps and. Yeah, you're not. You're not yeah, doing no, anything not doing at anything. all. No. So, that's all right. I do what I can, and uh, uh, if I'm busy, I, again, you, like you said, set set expectations. I'm doing this from this time to that time, and uh, if I get back to you, I will. Right? If it's urgent, call me. Right? Yeah, so. people who who hear that I'm working at home just say, "Oh, <clears throat> must be great." It's right. like, no, it's because. A, nobody respects your time when they hear that you work at home. And when you're at home, there are a lot of things that have doorbells, cars driving by that cause your dogs to bark like crazy. Right. And these interrupt your train of thought, right? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. leave that rant, uh, <laughs> let that rant end now because uh, okay. I could go on and on. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so we're not going to email each other too much. Oh, we don't really on. do that no. anyway. So... <laughs> Okay, I saw this. Um, I saw this TED talk every once in a while. Like TED, who? TED, uh, the what is it? Ted technology. Uh, what's the stand for? Te- technology no, no educational discussions, or I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, uh, this one was really good. So I th- I thought it was was interesting. So the person's name is uh, Angela Lee Duckworth, and she is, I guess, a psychologist. Um, she was, she got a PhD in psychology at university of Pennsylvania. And then she went off and she started, she became a teacher. Uh, She left that and became a teacher. And she started noticing the differences, um, for what makes success. Um, Tiger mom. Tiger mom. Why do you call her tiger mom? (laughs) I didn't call her tiger mom. I'm saying a tiger mom. Well, she looks like a tiger mom. Uh, I don't know if you know the story behind the tiger mom. No. So this woman, I think her name is Amy Chua. She wrote this article about how Asian moms are like, be, because they're so strict, they're the best for preparing their kids oh, for now success. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And then it just happens that this lady looks like Tiger Mom. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Maybe she is. So she did studies with um, West Point cadets, uh, corporate salespeople, um, students, and she started noticing things. Like it didn't matter. How, how like their grade point average or um, what they scored on tests or how intelligent the, like their their IQ was or what made what made them successful and, and it came down to one thing was grit so uh, and and not giving up and not um, so let's say a lot of these intelligent people they would they'd know how to do stuff they were very good at what they did but when they came up to roadblocks or whatever they didn't persevere they didn't move did they going. have dyslexia uh, why? <laughs> did you did you read? The, oh, I know. The, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Malcolm Gladwell book. That's right. Yeah, the ones with How dyslexia. Dyslexics tend to be very successful. Yeah, that's I right. think. Um, because watching Shark Tank. You know what? It actually ties in with that that argument. That's right. Fubu, the Fubu guys, dy- dyslexic. Yeah. I think. And Damon. And it ties in with that because they say the dyslexic people they have to try so much harder to succeed. They have to. To, to read the inf- the the text or whatever they're reading, which makes it more successful. So it's that grit factor. So uh, she said, uh, basically, the people who, uh, and they say some of the quotes, I guess, she's, she has is, um, 
grit is grit is living life like a marathon, not a sprint. So it's just, you know, keep going at it. There are many talented individuals who simply do not follow through on their commitments. In fact, in our data, grit is usually unrelated or even adversely related to measures of talent. That's that's it's a nice selective argument. But then what about the kids with grit who go to the very the poorest of the poor public schools in the US? No matter how much grit you have. You You still have that savvy. You have to know stuff, right? No, but I mean just the poorest of the poor public schools, the opportunities are limited. So if you've got grit and you you're in a middle class and higher income bracket, you're more likely to succeed than a, a kid with the same amount of grit who has fewer opportunities in oh, the I lowest agree. income. I agree. Because that grit's not going to get you anywhere. You need a, a lot more luck than grit because the system's working against you. Right, right. But she's saying is someone who is a, you know, maybe a genius that just is lazy or doesn't yeah. follow through is not going to be successful as, as a person who has that grit. So... Uh, here's another quote. Grit is sticking with your future day in, day out. So that's how Sean Hannity got successful? <laughs> who? <laughs> Sean Hannity. He's the guy, uh, you told me a couple of weeks ago to watch uh, John Stewart because he was he was rebutting everything he said about that rancher guy, the oh, racist rancher yeah. guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly not the smartest guy in the world. Did you yeah. see that? Oh, that was funny. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, there's... Uh, John Stewart's um, takedown, takedown against Sean Hannity, and who is on? Uh, he's on Fox News, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that's pretty good. The best part of the takedown was so you that, saw the, that that the other guy that used to be on Fox News that left, the other crazy guy, even he was against uh, <laughs> against um, not paying grazing fees. Yeah, what's that guy? The guy that he's gray hair now. He 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 was selling like a gold scam ad or something. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. But he was he was the crazy guy on Fox before Sean Hannity took that. So you position. saw the you saw the whole series yeah. for the week. It was pretty good. I, yeah, it's just the way John Stewart comes across and is basically fencing with this guy. So okay, so that's uh, grit helps with uh, with success um, based on the, the key success to success based on uh, Angela Lee Ducksworth uh, TED Talk. All right, so. Um, so I talk? guess she's not a tiger mom. No, no. Uh, do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about the app. All right. What's going on with the app? Um. So uh, a lot of the things that have been happening, we took a break from it, working on our uh, business intelligence stack for a few weeks, and then uh, I came back to the app, had a fresh look. So we've cha- revamped a lot of the user interface uh, to be simpler, more consistent. Um, it's finally getting its, uh, spit and polish phase. Once we get that done, then we'll probably wrap up the last few outstanding things like the project health, the reporting and dashboards. Um, but it, I think it's a lot more usable. I use it every day um, to manage like personal tasks and stuff. Um, we haven't probably spent enough time using it to test billable work, um, but right. that'll happen, um, yeah, yeah, because that's actually the bigger part of the app is the billings management, right? Um, and it's kind of integrated. What well, the good part is, it's in, the way it's integrated, and you know, it's not like uh, I know I'm on a I'm on a project right now, a side project, and uh, I've got to enter my time in like four different pr- places. Like, hang on a second, one, 
to yes three different places that's, and I have to let the, the client that's <laughs> the price you pay for being subcontracted <laughs> through a subcontractor <laughs> through another subcontractor through another three different places uh, where ours is is on the fly and then you can just and then, then and report. then there's our accounting system that you need to put it in that's right that's right. <laughs> So it's, uh, which I'm hoping we're probably going to integrate our... Yeah, you just need to get me the text file formats and I'll write up uh, an export filter and add more eventually for other time systems that our customers, future customers, will end up requesting for. So I'll do that. I'll do an export and then an import just to to test it. So uh, I'll get you those text files. But it's come a long way in terms of how it looks compared to where it was a month ago. Performance is great too. It's very snappy. Yes, I, I cut out a lot of code that yeah. we didn't need, which it's real snappy now, which yeah. sped it up significantly. Yeah, but the app is coming along. Um, we're dividing our attentions between two products now, so uh, the development is moving right. s- slower than we'd like it to. But it's still, it's in some ways, it's moving faster than it was before. What percentage so. of the bugs? Like, just a, I'm just giving. T- have you cleaned up? Like it used to be really buggy, right? Uh, it still is buggy because every time I rewire something, there's a bunch of cascading yeah. effects. So if I change how something works, then there's about five or six places yeah. I need to test. And right. I'm more about move, pushing forward than going back and getting... Because every time you uh, do too much testing, then then your motivation goes down. So once... I get it to a certain state that I have in mind. Then it's a giant bug sweep going through the entire app, fixing everything up. Right. You know, and then we'll have to get the onboarding site done. The onboarding site being the site that you use to register to, to get on. Right. Um, we really and then don't we'll beta need, we really for a little while. A, we really don't need a payment system till we have customers who yeah, <laughs> are willing like to pay after us. beta. Really. Yes. Yeah. And and uh, we actually will be giving away our app to customers of our other product. Right. Which is like a beta in its own way. So, yeah. but it's coming along. Um, I use it regularly and I find it very handy in terms of managing uh, percent complete of things that I'm doing, yeah. which I will not say, <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually got all, I do all my uh, like, you know, the administrative stuff. I've got that in counting procedures. I've been testing um, it on work with clients too. When they have bugs, or they have issues. I have like an issue log that, so you can use it for a lot of different things. Yeah, right? and I've been testing it on mobile too because that that actually adds significantly to the workload. For example, our login wasn't working the best on phones for a while, and then so we can on almost, Friday, I think I fixed all of that up. So we can almost say our login's done, really. Oh, the login's done. Yeah. Um, on the front end. Yes. Yes. I think the password resets are working. Um, it's amazing. I saw this article today about what it takes to, to create an app or, or a startup. And it's good. There's so many factors. Maybe I should, I'll see if I can So here's the thing. It, it came across my mind earlier is that we don't have a user experience designer or what some people would consider a graphic designer. Right. Um, and would we have been further ahead with a graphic designer? Maybe. Uh, we would have to spend... For the okay to design the entire app with a graphic designer probably would have cost us, I don't know, thirty grand, forty grand, yeah, easily, yeah. easily. Um, and that would have only gotten us so far because we've had lots of changes as we use the app, and then that would have added more. Uh, the amount of time we spent was probably worth more than the amount of time 
yeah. on hiring a designer, but I don't know that we would. There's no guarantee that the designer is going to do exactly what you want either. Yeah, right? because what you have in your mind's eye is not right. always. It's uh, our app. It's not someone else's app, right? So we're going to design it the way we want to use it. Right? Yeah, because we've gone through several design iterations. And in many cases, we've actually come back. We've departed from our our, our secondary ideas, found out they didn't work in practice, and came back to our a lot of the stuff in our early designs when we started working on the app have actually now returned. Because yes. um, we had gone to an Excel model for a while, and that was really... Um, not as sustainable a user experience as we thought, and it's definitely not mobile friendly, because no. um, oh, this one is. It's got that. It's got that kind of like I wouldn't say spreadsheet, but it's 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 a compromise. Yeah, Uh, we were not when we did the spreadsheet thing. We were thinking we would have to do a separate client for iPads and phones. Right now, we have the same code base for every platform. Yes, which is it. In terms of amount of work that we have to spend, you know, we're saving time and money on having to create those after the fact. Right. And the benefit is on day one, you should be able to use it on a recent iPhone, like iPhone 4. Four, and I only say that because I, the oldest iPhone I have is, oh, actually I have a 3G. So yeah, I can test it on that, but uh, it's going to be super slow because the 3Gs using the latest updates are, of iOS are super slow. Yeah. Um, I have an old iPad, but it works great on my Android phone and my Android tablet. Yeah, uh, I haven't tested it on IE, but I go back uh, and forth. I haven't tr- tried the latest set of code. I'm gonna, I should try it. And um, even on the on, it's it's a lot of work because the thing with tablets and phones is there's a a fifty fifty chance that the user is going to be in landscape. Or portrait, and your screens have to reflect that. Yeah, it looks real good on the uh, on the phone now. The login page before we had that giant logo. Well, and didn't well I measured it. it. We had, the height of the login page was supposed to be four hundred pixels, and because the the old logo actually pushed it to be larger than four hundred pixels, so you had to actually scroll. So uh, I went through because I actually had to do calculations of what the most common screen pixel sizes were right? <laughs> and make sure that depending on the screen size that certain certain elements on the screen adjusted to the size wow. of the screen that the user is using. It looks, and that's it looks, a lot of work. So uh, It's 100% improvement on the, on the mobile, on the phone, the newest version, right? Yeah, Vince is using it on his phone right now. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, I, I was kind of... A little apprehensive to use it. I was holding back using it on the phone for every day. I could use it now, no problem. Um, yeah, this is much better. Even better on a phone with a bigger. We screen. may have to raise the price on our service, or because it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I better not say that because people are going to be it's setting expectations, right? So, well, what, what is, but we've used it a lot. That's I think why. the price is fair for the people it's targeting. Yeah, if you turn it this way, you can see you don't even have to worry about so that. So now you're in you're in landscape. I have to test um, the pop ups to make sure that they work nice in landscape because right. on a on your phone the landscape the height of the screen is very short. Now now uh, are you using media queries for the different? Uh, I'm using responsive media queries. Yes. Right. So um, which is getting very nerdy they, for the non nerdy right. people in the audience. Do you think 
well, we we should probably think about like, isn't there a, like a, a specific size of the icons and the? I have responsive media queries. Yeah. I haven't done all of the CSS for the small screens yet. So we might actually want to make the the lists or the icons bigger when it goes into uh, a phone or. Yes. And that's through our testing. Well, I can lock it to portrait mode on phones, which I think might be the better way to do it. Oh, that's pretty good. Looks good on the phone. Okay, anything that's, else? That's the first time Vince has seen it on the phone in weeks, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it last week. Well, you made a lot of changes last week. I noticed that. Last so. couple of weeks, I made like huge changes. Yeah. Okay, let's go to picks of the week. Um, okay, we'll start off with mine. So this is along the, the file of... Space picks and what other space things do we have out there? So this is a space solar energy farm. So when I saw the headline, it said space-based solar energy farm. I thought that you meant you needed a lot of space in your pasture, right? Right. To to, to harness no, the energy. This is a basically it's like you know when you you drive by and you see all these <clears throat> solar panels in in a field. Well, this is out in space, but and it looks. I guess it's it's probably very big, and what it does it 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 harvests I guess the energy from the sun, and shoots it back down to Earth uh, as microwaves to some kind of location. Tesla would be happy with this. Yeah. So reason Not why the I car have company, this, the guy, the scientist. Yeah, I thought this was uh, it's just humanity thinking a better way, and they and they mention different things, and they say you know what. Yeah, it, it does kind of look like it's out of a sci-fi model, um, novel or movie, but it's it's doable. And they say they can get it done between by 2030 if they start it in 2020. And they compare it to when man first started. Um, you know, they first it started out as uh, different energy sources. They had firewood, then they moved to coal, and then the oil, gas, nuclear power. So now they're thinking, of, well, this is something one step. Well, you further. notice is Japanese, not American. Yes. Well, that, that's good. Well, you know what? That's a good reason. I, don't, I can't see the Americans doing this because well, there's I'm, too much in money in the fracking industry yeah, yeah. and the oil industry and the coal industry and their lobbyists to keep something, to, to allow something like this Take to yourself out of Canada or America and put yourself in Japan. There's a necessity for that yes, because yes. there was an earthquake last year or a couple of years ago that compromised one of their nuclear power plants, which compromised their mm -hmm. their nation so they're saying okay you know what we're gonna think because it's a necessity right so i think it's a great idea i i'd love to see something like this come come to fruition and um the the thing is now i'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate is it possible that um some space junk hits it and then half of your country's out of doesn't have energy or something like that same thing can happen with a nuclear power plant too right yeah an earthquake and but uh, you know, they they say you can see have these all around the world, and they can have all these these satellites beaming down energy, which would be which would be really good, right? So that's my pick of the week. It's out there, but uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, M disk. Yes. So a friend of mine sent me a link yesterday to um, Sony having created a new cassette tape for enterprise backup that can store 108, 148 terabytes per cassette. Wow. Okay. Right? Well, that's obviously not something that the uh, Joe Home user is going to be able to benefit from. 
because I'm sure the it says outlasts everything, even the cloud. That's what it says. No, here. that's not uh, <laughs> M disk does. That's that, yeah. but that M disk is not what what that link was about. Right. Okay. So then I was thinking, you know what? I've had like several hard drives blow up on me this year. I I can't wait for this tape because it's not going to be affordable ever. Right. Which means I'll never get one. So then I started looking at what are my options. Right. So I haven't checked. I haven't kept up with um, opti- optical discs in a long time. I don't really burn DVDs or CDs anymore. So I looked at the prices of Blu-ray drives. Right. But one of my friends who's like a server guy goes, I don't trust opticals. Right. Because they don't, you know, even though they say they might last 100 years, they rarely do. Right. Um, so then I, I did some research and I found that there is a certain type of optical disc called an M-Disc. Uh, the discs are more expensive. I think the DVDs are three bucks each. The Blu-rays are five bucks each um, for twenty-five gigs. Uh, but the great thing is, is drives are the standard. All you need is an M-disc capable drive. So if you buy any drive made by LG right. in the last year, which which start at like thirty-five dollars for the DVD writers to up to a hundred bucks and change for the Blu-ray writers. Right. Um, you can use these discs, and these discs don't use dye like normal optical discs. They actually have this layer that that's made out of something like stone, which hence the cast or uh, the catchphrase for the company is "you cast it in stone." Engraved in stone, right? Yes. So they're uh, approved by the U.S. government and military, I think, and they have a thousand-year lifespan for the data. So if you burn your photos of your kids onto an M disc. As long as you don't lose the M disc, thousand years from now you can yeah or step on it. Right. Um, if you store it properly, it should uh, should it last as long great. as you live. And so it, some comparison: a hard drive is how long will your file last? One to five years. DVD I, three these to days, seven. Less than two. Right. I had my three terabyte that dro- that I was lazy, but I put not critical stuff except for my dog videos, which I fortunately was able to get right. off of them. Um, that lasted a year and a half. Right, right. Brand new, right? So. Well, you know what? It's and, absolutely right. I've got those those NASs, um, and I got to swap out a drive every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, and RAID 5 fail, right? or RAID 10 are not necessarily safe. They're safer than just using a single hard drive, but there's no guarantee that you'll be able to restore <coughs> because I've heard of tons of RAID 5s where one drive blew up. Right. And the entire, all of the data was lost. Right. Yeah, you know what? It catches fire, blows up, whatever. Right? Yeah, I mean, but RAID 5, typically if one drive dies, you can just pop it out and stick another That's drive right. in. And That's it'll, right. Oh, I've, I've had a RAID 5 blow up on me. Yep. So I lost everything on, off yep. of that. So I don't uh, know. DVD, three to seven years. Flash drive, five to eight years. And then it shows M-Disc at 1,000 years. So I'm thinking uh, for backup, uh, just gonna buy an inexpensive M disc capable Blu-ray drive, right. which is less than a hundred bucks typically, uh, and it writes to normal Blu-rays. Normal Blu-rays now are a dollar a disc for twenty-five gig, and a dual layer fifty gig is four four to five bucks, which is pretty right. good. It's still small, you know, yeah, because if yeah. you know a music collection might be a hundred gigs, you have to split it up into four. Right, right. Or two. And, you know, to burn and verify a 50 gigabyte disk might take five hours. Right. But my, I'm only looking, because I have um, 
on my Macs currently, I have Time Machine, which makes a live, very recent backup right. on a hard drive. And I also use CrashPlan into the cloud. But for stuff that I need to archive for cold storage, I'm thinking um, that these M disks are good because. Well, here's the price: a three pack is fourteen is fifteen dollars for twenty five. Shipping's probably fifteen bucks too. Twenty five <laughs> gig Blu-rays, so you can put like all your photos or. My photo library is 200 gigabytes. Okay, so then you get the 15 pack <laughs> for $67. And Which is not bad. Good. Yeah. It's good for a thousand years. Yeah. And you, your photos are safe. Now, you're going to have the media to read those discs a thousand years from now? I won't be alive a thousand years yeah, from now. Who cares? But Unless you do like a Planet of the Apes, you go out there and yeah. you come back. Here are my pictures, right? So uh, that's cool. I'm going to actually, you know what? I might actually invest in a few of these. Um, like because I have all my photos on the uh, on the NAS, I should probably get them all. Well, I got I've got them backed up anyway. It's not just on the NAS; I've got it in different formats. Yeah, because those so. are the things that I would be it's really I would be really upset about losing. Yeah, losing you know pictures of your your family, your kids, your dogs, your pets, everything, right? Yeah, your vacations. So okay, so that's it. Uh, I've got nothing else to talk about. Is there anything else? How about that crack smoking mayor of Toronto? <laughs> No, I actually have nothing to talk about. I have forward fatigue anyway. Do you? When that news came out, out uh, one of my buddies who lives in the U.S. who's from Toronto, he's obsessed with Rob Ford. He kept sending me these links. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of interesting, but I don't really care because... Yeah. A, I don't live in the 416, so he's not my mayor. B, yeah, he is entertaining, but it's... So what? He got caught on another video and there were some screen grabs. Okay, so what does this... what? What new and not? This is as boring as as hearing about the the latest piece of sea junk that could be from MH370. Yeah, there's another story that just won't go away either. It shouldn't, uh, but uh, well, I mean, CNN is making sensationalize it, it. Right? CNN is exploiting it for ratings. Sure, they are. Yeah, sure they are. Anyway. And same thing with Ford, right? It's good ratings. People people love to laugh at our mayor, right? So your mayor, yes. <laughs> well, you're close enough. You're Toronto. <laughs> anyway uh, that's it for this week and um, we'll be back in two weeks for more information on Assign It To Me you can visit our website at assignittome.com or our blog at blog.assignittome.com if you have any questions regarding this show or the Assign It To Me app feel free to contact me at vince at assignittome.com thanks for listening Thank you.